Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard, and welcome to Season 3 of the One Giant Mind Podcast. In this episode, I have the pleasure of talking to my mum, Leslie Ann, who has been a therapist for over 20 years. She runs a private practice now with a hybrid model of psychotherapy, uh, Vedic psychology and Vedic meditation, and is deeply experienced in the process of recovery from trauma. And uh, she posed a question regarding depression and the path of healing with consideration to accessing the true self. We touch on this a lot in this series because depression is something that is becoming increasingly more prevalent in society and a very serious problem. And it's so important that we start to popularize a, a much deeper understanding of what depression is as it pertains to the human experience rather than just looking at it objectively from a neurochemical standpoint. The conversation that we have I think you'll find very, very interesting and helpful, particularly if you're experiencing depression or you know somebody that does. Enjoy. Hi, Mama. Hi, darling. (laughs) Johnny. (laughs) I have a question around depression. Um, it seems to me that it's quite epidemic at the moment worldwide and um, I'd like to have your perception on meditation, the impact of developing the witness and getting through the layers of uh, samskaras in relation to someone that is quite depressed and getting to uh, the place of true realisation of the big self whereas then they can go forward into an evolutionary process Um, And it seems to me that it is a very big block to the start of that evolutionary process to actually get into the core of the depression. Mm. Um, And I'd like you to speak universally and as well as personally Mm. uh, from the individual's Mm -hmm. uh, point of view. Okay. And perhaps we'll get your musings on it as well. Um, But I'll start and let's just see where it goes. Mm -hmm. I define depression as the experience of defeat when one has been exposed to anxiety for too long and uh, has not been able to reconcile that anxiety where the ego structure has been decayed meaning that the the sense of self and one's capability to interact with life and its challenges and demands have been overridden by a belief generated that I do not have the capacity to deal with this. The ego structure becomes deteriorated, confidence becomes deteriorated to such an extent that one moves into a a different frame of mind that is, it's too much. They move into a state of defeat. And depression is, it's hopeless. The, The mantra of depression is, what's the point? It's hopeless. And it's, it's a terrible, terrible affliction. And some people can be catapulted into, de- into a depression much more quickly than others. Some people can experience a trauma that can cause a depression. The impact of the trauma is equivalent to years and years of anxiety. It's all relative to where somebody's at. It's uh, also determined by their, um, their history, what they've experienced, the traumas that they've experienced and the degree to which they, their sense of self uh, is able to be resilient in the face of anxiety. 
Some people are very fragile. However, the the upside of depression is that circumstance, nature, or if we're going to talk traditionally, karma, has created uh, an opportunity for something that normally takes a long time, which is the deconstruction of our ego structure that upholds a false sense of self. That gets deconstructed very quickly in depression. And so a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of the hard work's already done. All that's left to do is to rebuild from a place of truth, from the experience of the true self. But to get a glimpse of the true self in a depressive state can be very, very difficult if you don't have a, a means by which you are in direct contact with that experience of the true self. And this is where, in my opinion, and I'm sure you'll agree, meditation becomes imperative. It's a non-negotiable aspect of healing because meditation leads us into the direct experience of self and provides us with a, a new uh, point of reference to contextualize the, de the, the depressive episode. If all we're referencing is the depression while we're depressed, everything looks pretty shit, pretty gloomy, pretty terrible, pretty hopeless. What's the point? And you experience that long enough, the idea of ending your life is far more appealing than it is staying alive. And this is why we're seeing such a huge amount of suicide in the world. However, if you are able to, um, in that state, muster enough will to begin a daily practice of meditation coupled with um, skillful guidance with a therapist to enable you to establish a, a new narrative that is the expression of your true self, which is, I am powerful, I am capable, I am lovable, my existence has incredible relevance and significance. I have so much to offer and life is wanting to give me so much to receive. That's the truth. If we're not experiencing that, it's because our belief systems are causing a pattern of resistance and sabotage. So it's in my opinion that the, the only way that we can truly transcend depression is by establishing a new baseline, a new, a new vantage point to observe the experience, which is always there. That's the good news. The, the cure for depression is right in front of us. It's right within us. That's the good news about depression. And I certainly hope that this understanding becomes popularized because the prediction is that depression is going to be the single largest health problem of humanity in the next 10 years. It's going to be the largest killer. It's going to be the largest cause of comorbidities. It's going to be have a massive impact on society, the economy, everything. It already is, but it's going to be quite profound. And what's so important is that this understanding is popularized as, as a matter of urgency which is that the, 
the experience of depression isn't essentially a chemical imbalance in the brain. The chemical imbalance in the brain is the body printing out what is happening essentially. And what is happening essentially is an existential crisis of relevance and meaning. When somebody has lost sense of the meaning of their existence. And in a world that has gone into a deep state of madness, that's what we're in. We're in a deep state of madness. Talk about deep state. We're in a deep state of insanity. It's very difficult to take your cues from the outside world to give you reason for wanting to get better. To believe that there is a reason, a good reason to get better. It's very easy for people to lose hope in humanity. To, to lose hope in, in the reason to live. Because the way that we can behave towards each other is terrible. And the system in which we rely upon, the systems in which we rely upon, have proven themselves to no longer be trustworthy. At the very least, competent. They are no longer competent to manage and navigate the complexity of human existence. And so for somebody who is experiencing depression, it's very difficult to look out into the world and go, I've got so many great reasons to live. So what we need to inspire is a culture of reason that stems from the, the essence of the human spirit. The reason to live comes from the principle of how I can actually contribute, how I can, how I can be of service. When we analyze the thing that gives us the greatest fulfillment in life, it is not the experiences that we have where we are the recipient of things, but actually where we have contributed to the experience of another or others that has caused them to benefit. And so when we're seeking to discover reason for living, purpose for living, it has to take into consideration the understanding that our fulfillment comes from being in service. How can I find meaning through being the answer to the world's problems rather than needing the world to be a particular way for me to feel like it's worth living? You will lose that game. If you're waiting for the world to change, you will, you will lose that game. Whereas if you see that your existence is not only beautiful and sacred, it is so important and relevant. Every story of emergence out of darkness contributes to the ever-building collective archive of the stories in which we operate within. We all exist within a collective reality, a shared reality, where each of our stories are contributing to the collective narrative, which ultimately informs us of who we are. And your story of emergence is such an important contribution to the emergence of everybody else 
our individual efforts are the leg up that we give everybody else and everything else. And in the opposite, our investment in our depression adds to the weight of the collective depression. We can't suffer in isolation, nor can we be enlightened in isolation. We are constantly broadcasting our state of consciousness in order to contribute. This is not something we can escape. It's something that you're doing right now. As you're listening to this, you're doing it. And so in any therapy, in any procedure by which we tend to the root of depression, we we must examine where meaning and purpose lies. What is your reason for living? And it's something that must be attainable right now. And it's so important that we understand that while ever we are life affirmative, we are dedicated to seeing the beauty of this moment, we are immediately making a contribution. In this moment now, no matter how heavy you feel, no matter how terrible you perceive the world to be, if you can find a glimpse of light to, to see value in contributing to the narrative of our emergence, you are then moving in the direction of evolution as you described. This is where the sequence of evolution begins by recognizing that you have within you, no matter what state you're in, the capacity to contribute in some way that is going to elevate. I'm interested to get your take on what I just said. Well, I think you gave a really remarkable, beautiful explanation. And what I really liked was the exploration of finding meaning. Man needs to have meaning in his life. And if you find meaning, then you have a glimmer of hope. When hope goes, depression seems to become heavier. So what I really find interesting is when you teach someone to meditate and then they have therapy and they're depressed, the witness starts to emerge really quickly. And even if someone is quite traumatised and the depression comes out of the trauma, when they start to actually observe self-observation with some help, um, I see this emergence very quickly of, ah, I recognise a pattern. Mm. I'm hanging on to this feeling. I'm hanging on to this depression. And it becomes cyclical. And I think what meditation is really useful for depression is it creates a new neural pathway away from this repetitive self-talk and uh I hate to say, but victimhood Mm. that keeps someone emerged and submerged in depression. Um, Going forward, I think what you said was so important regarding meaning. If you can develop someone's ability to see that they're relevant at that moment, and I, I agree with you, the highest state of consciousness is not doing for the self, but the gift of giving another is that higher state of consciousness. And emerging from depression, if someone can see themselves relevant and starting to move in that spiritual direction, I am relevant, I can help other. I really find that it does lift and it works. So I really agree with what you're saying. And on a practical sense, I think um, 
people have the misconception, oh, it's all chemical. Well, it is when the uh, brain is robbed of serotonin through stress and the nervous system is overactive and they're pumping out adrenaline. Well, there's an imbalance in your own natural mm-hmm. hormones. Yeah. Meditation brings it into homeostasis and you can see it emerge the homeostasis slowly and it's got to be done very delicately because and I agree with you that people lose hope and they get to a, a level of thinking it's easier just to end it I can't tolerate this anymore and they start looking outward for outward solutions and then they look at the way the world is oh there's nothing there yeah. there's absolutely nothing there yeah. it's all inward mm. And that meditation is the gift. Mm. Absolutely, in my experience, that's, the, that's it, mm. the gift. Mm. So uh, to answer your question originally that you asked me, um, I agree with everything you said. It was a wonderful explanation. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> 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 what else could I say? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for taking some time to listen to the One Giant Mind podcast. If you're somebody that hasn't yet got a regular meditation practice, One Giant Mind offers a couple of ways in which you can make that happen right now. You can go to onegiantmind.com and have a look at our teacher directory. We've got hundreds of teachers around the world teaching the One Giant Mind being technique, both in person and online. And if for whatever reason you're unable to get to one of those courses, you could download our free Learn to Meditate app. It's called One Giant Mind. It's got a 12-step course that'll get you started. And if you're already a regular meditator and feel deeply called to bring this beautiful practice into the world, we strongly encourage you to check out our One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy. We train passionate meditators to become powerful leaders in their community, equipped with tools to empower others to know themselves very intimately. We teach a powerful process of how to run a meditation course and facilitate the building and growing of a community and we would love to welcome you into our global family of teachers a special thanks to our show producer daniel tucker aka spiritual tradie our music composer the one and only ali liberman and all of the one giant mind team